the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us tonight. The difficult times we live in begs the question, where is God during our most challenging times? We believe the more the world becomes chaotic, the more we need to draw closer to God and learn to trust in Him. The Bible is our source for all things that sustain us as Christians. Philippians 4.7 tells us that we can have the kind of peace that transcends all understanding, even when the world seems to be completely out of control. Over the next 30 minutes, Pastor Dudley Rutherford is going to share a message meant for everyone listening right now. We know it is no accident you are with us tonight, for God orchestrates all things perfectly. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians 4. I'm going to look at six distinct differences, things that should be in our life, things should be different in our world than in the lives of people who do not know Jesus. There should be a difference between people in the world and people in Christ, amen? And I want to make this clear before I get started. These are not conditions for salvation. These are the results of salvation. All right? Don't think, well, I've got to earn my way into this thing called salvation. No, it is a free gift. But once you receive this gift, it should transform everything in your life. So let's look at these six distinct qualities or characteristics of a Christ follower. Number one will be the most difficult to go through, but you should be distinct in mind. Our thinking our thought process, the way we see things as believers should be different than the way the world sees things. Verse 17 in your Bible says, so I tell you this, scratch that, I insist on this, he says, in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. The word futile there means wasted or empty or vain or frivolous. The world is caught up in frivolous, empty, vain thinking. He says in verse 18, they, the world, are darkened in their understanding. They are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Verse 19 Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. That is the world. You can pick any sin, and I, I want to talk about drugs and narcotics. I don't know anyone, uh, I don't hang out with those crowds, 
I don't know any of you that are on drugs. Now, my guess is some of you are. That would be my guess. Some of you maybe wish you were. Some of you maybe look like you're on drugs. But I personally do not know anyone on drugs, so when I'm preaching through this, don't think that I'm picking on you because I don't know about you. Does that, does that make sense to you? Now, when I was in high school, I saw drugs. I saw kids take drugs. Uh, they offered me drugs, but I didn't take any drugs. I've never had a drug because even in high school, I had a mind that was set on the things of God. And I knew what they were doing was wrong. And even though they offered it to me, I'd, I'd already seen what it had done to them. Why would I want that in my heart, in my life? I, I actually carried a Bible with me to school. And uh, so they were trying to get me to do the drugs. I was trying to get them in the Word. And, and that's how kind of my high school went down. My high school years was like that. But whenever anyone offers a drug, before anyone ever takes a drug, you, you don't know what it tastes like. You don't know what it's going to do to you. You don't know that it's going to become an addiction for you. But here's the point. When someone offers you a drug for the very first time, the first thing you do is you have to think. Before anything is ever done, it first has to go through your thought process, is this something I should be doing? Because you don't know how it's going to turn out. And so then you take the drug after you thought, thought about it. And as soon as you take the drug, here comes the consequences of that poor decision. And anytime you make a poor decision, your heart becomes hardened towards the things of God. And then all of a sudden your conscience, at first it bothered you, you knew it was wrong. Second time you did it, ah, I know it's wrong. Doesn't quite bother me near as much as it did that first time I took it. And then the third time you take it, well, it still bothers me a little, but I'm kind of getting used to it now. And what's happening is your conscience is becoming seared. And pretty soon you get addicted to this, this drug, this narcotic, to where you, you have to have more. And it just, it leaves you feeling empty at the same time you got to have more. And that's the way any sin, it could be pornography. Uh, you know, you, you, you see pornography through your eyes and it gets into your mind first. You know up here it's wrong, but you made the choice and then it starts affecting your heart and other decisions that you're making. And then your heart becomes hard, and all of a sudden your conscience starts bothering you, and then you start to get used to it, and now it doesn't bother you near as much, and so you continue, and all of a sudden you are addicted to pornography, and you wonder, well, how did all this happen? It all happens with your mind. Your mind was on the things of the world instead on the things of God. And it can be gambling, it can be violence, it can be filthy language, lust, greed, narcotics, alcohol, This is the downward spiral of man. It is a picture of our world in its current state. Look again at those two verses. Just read them again. They are darkened in their understanding. They are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity with a continual lust for more. I tell you, my heart is literally broken in two over the spiritual condition of our country today. The callousness towards the sin of pornography, the redefinition of marriage that is taking place, 
in our country. The $20 trillion of debt. And if you've been in this church very long, you know, seven, eight years ago, I was harping against $10 trillion. I thought that was wrong. The sex trafficking around the world, the lack of justice that prevails in the United States of America. And there is no issue as shocking as the abortion issue. There is no issue as shocking as that. 1.3 million children are aborted every year. And my question to you is this, how did we as a country get to this point? How did we get here? Our hearts have become hardened. Our minds, our thinking has become dull. We're no longer thinking straight. Our consciences have become seared. That's the only way you can accept that. We're just like the church in Nazi Germany who saw the smoke rising from the consecration camps and we did absolutely nothing about it. The church heard the railroad cars. The railroad tracks went right behind the church in Germany. And the railroad cars were full of Jews going to their death. And the church, they didn't want to get involved politically, so they decided just to sing really loud because if we sing really loud, then we don't have to pay attention to what's happening in the railroad car. And six million Jews were put to death. How does society ever get to a point where you say that's okay to do? The New English Bible translates verse 18 into these words, their minds have grown as hard as stone. That's the way the world thinks. And what he's saying here, stay with me, you as a Christian shouldn't be thinking like the world thinks. As a Christian, you should think differently. Look what he says in verse 20, you however... You did not come to know Christ that way. I look at verse 21. I've read the Bible so many times. I've never, I've, I've never seen these first few words in verse 21. You know how you read the Bible and you go, I never saw that before. This week I'm reading verse 21. I've never noticed that before. He says in the first few words of verse 21, he goes, surely you've heard of him. You, you have heard of him. Haven't you? Who's he talking about? He's talking about Jesus. You call yourself a Christian, yet your minds have become dull, your heart has become hardened, your conscience has become seared, you have this insatiable uh, desire to have more and more sin, engage in more and more sins, and he goes, you as a Christian, though, you, you shouldn't be like that. Oh, well, well, let's back up here. You have heard of Christ, haven't you? How did you get saved if you don't know about Christ? That's what he's saying there. You call yourself a Christian? Have you ever met Jesus? Do you even know Jesus? That's what that verse is saying. Look at verse 21. He goes, surely you've heard of him and you were taught in him in accordance with the, what's the next word? The truth that is in Christ Jesus. You see, the truth of Jesus is different than the truth that's in the world today. You see, the world says there is no absolute truth. 
The world says truth is whatever you want it to be. Truth is whatever you think truth should be. So if you think it's okay to just belittle people, if that's truth to you, then belittle away. And truth for you is to be engaged in sexual immorality or to lie or to cheat or to steal or whatever the sin is. If that's truth for you, well, then just go ahead and do that. Don't you see that if you have a culture where there is no truth, there is no right or wrong, the truth is relevant to whatever you think truth is, that in a society, you're going to have nothing but chaos. The Bible says there is a truth, but the truth is in Jesus Christ. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father except through Him. So scientists, they can debate evolution all they want, but the Bible says that God created the heavens and the earth. Authors and philosophers Uh, They love to sit around a campfire and debate, is there life after death? Jesus, the truth, says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, even though he were dead, yet shall he live. Politicians can debate same-sex marriage. They can debate who can use what bathroom. But the Bible says that God created us male and female. Jesus said, for this reason... A man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. The Supreme Court justices in America can argue all they want when life begins. Does it begin at conception or does it begin at birth? God answers that question when he says, In your mother's womb, I, God, knit you together. God says that before you were even born, not after you were born, the Bible says that before you were born, All of your days were already written down. That's what God says. Now, now look at verse 22. You, not the world, he's talking about us here in this church, you and me. You were taught with regard to your former way of life. Because see, at one time your mind was dull, at one time your heart was hardened, at one time your conscience was seared until you, you met Jesus. You have met Jesus, haven't you? you? You have heard of him, haven't you? You were taught, in regard to the former way of life, to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, verse 23, to be made new in the attitude of your, the attitude of your what? Your minds. And to put on the new self. Created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. You see, we were all caught up in those things at one time before we met Christ. Now he's writing to Christians in a very godless city called Ephesus. And he says, you all were caught up in those things, but you, you learned that you're supposed to take off your old self, your old way, the old sin, the old nature, and you're to put on the new man, the new woman, the new nature, which is really Christ, and pursue righteousness and holiness. That's what we're supposed to be pursuing. The church in America is becoming more and more irrelevant because Christians who wear Christ's name, Christian, you wear Christ's name, 
We wear his name. Yet we live lives that look more like the world than we do of Christ. Our lives, our minds, our way of thinking should be remarkably different than the people who live in this world. Can someone say amen? Amen. Number two, you're to be distinct in integrity. This says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be a man of integrity. Verse 25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. It seems like to me that everybody lies. Does anybody tell the truth anymore? Is there anybody who doesn't cheat? They did a survey of high school students, 78, write that number down, 78% admitted to cheating regularly. The rest of them were lying. (laughs) We lie on our resumes. We lie about the products that we sell. We lie about our income to the government. We lie to family members about where we are and what we're doing. Christians should tell the truth. Number three in your outline, we should be distinct and self-controlled. In your anger, verse 26, do not let the sun go down while you're still angry and do not give the devil a foothold. There are three qualifiers. Write them down as quick as you can to anger. Number one, don't sin. In other words, we get upset, but if you don't control that emotion, then you've lost control. And a Christian should never lose control of his emotions. Amen? The second qualifier is don't let the sun go down. In other words, resolve to get this thing fixed before the sun goes, deal with it before the sun goes down. Don't, don't stew on it all night long, all right? The third qualifier is don't allow the devil a foothold. Proverbs 29, verse 11, a fool gives full vent to his anger, but a wise man keeps himself under control. The world says if you're mad, it's okay to shout, it's okay to curse, it's okay to hit, it's okay to retaliate, it's okay to spit, it's okay to shoot, it's okay to kill, it's okay to yell, it's okay to scream, it's okay to fight, it's okay to text with big caps. (laughs) You and I as Christians, new believers in Christ, we are to practice self-control. It is one of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5. It is a natural, a natural outpouring of God's Spirit in you is that we would live lives of self-control different than people that are in this world. Number four, distinct in our finances, that God enables us to support kingdom causes. The Bible says in verse 28, We must work doing something useful with our own hands that we might have something to share with those who are in need. Some of you are lacking motivation at work. Work is a drudge. Work is work. You can hardly stand it. It's because you have to work to acquire some money so that you might pay your bills. Instead of understanding that God gave you this job, enables you to work, so that you might help raise funds to help people who are in need. I heard of a couple, the wife is in stage four cancer, 
she is not in remission. She is struggling, fighting for her life, stage four cancer. And yet this couple called the church and asked for a name of a a needy family so they could buy a Christmas tree and give uh, Christmas gifts to a family who was in need. And that's the way Christians should be different than the world. Amen? Amen. And number five, we should be distinct in our speech. Verse 29 says, do not let any, say the word any, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your, would that include swearing? Are you sure? Would that include racial slurs? Are you sure? Would it include gossip? Would it include slander? Would it include telling USC jokes? No, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. It's perfectly okay. Number six, number six. We should be distinct in our grace. Verse 31. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And verse 32, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. How many of you are glad that God has forgiven you? How many of you are glad? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we, we get upset easily. We hold grudges. Somebody does something wrong, man, we hold it against them Forever. We get so bitter over the, the, the smallest slight. I want you to look at verse 30. It says, and do not, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. If you've been with us in our series, we've looked at this truth that when you got, when you got saved, God put his spirit in you. And that spirit sealed you. It was a deposit guaranteeing you of your inheritance in heaven. That all of heaven belongs to you, God. You get saved, God puts that spirit in you. And God put a holy spirit in you. And so you're wondering, well, should I as a Christian, should I do this? As uh, as a Christian, should I be involved with this? project? Should I hang her out with this person? Should I say these words? Should I be reading this book? Should I be going to this movie? Should I go to that city? The question you need to ask, the litman, the great test question is this. This deed, this word, this thought, this activity, will it in any way, shape, or form grieve the Holy Spirit of God that is within you? Because I think, I don't know this to be true, but I think if you can grieve the Holy Spirit, you can bless the Holy Spirit. If you can grieve the Holy Spirit, you must be able to honor the Holy Spirit. And so, instead of doing things here on this earth that might grieve God's Spirit, why don't you do things on this earth that would bless God's Spirit that's in you? Honor the Lord. We hope you enjoyed this edition of Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. As you can tell from his message tonight, Pastor Dudley has a driving passion to talk about Jesus everywhere he goes and with everyone he meets. So often, a person has never heard the life-changing message of the gospel 
or perhaps they, at one time, experienced the transformation that is only possible through Jesus Christ, but now they're discouraged or in need of hope. If that is you, we invite you to reach out to us right now and let us pray with you. Our toll-free number is easy to remember. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We have prayer counselors standing by and ready to take your call. We also want you to know, at the recommendation of health and city officials concerning COVID-19, Shepherd Church will be continuing to hold its weekend services only on the internet and not at any of its campuses for the time being. Shepherd Church is encouraging its congregation and the public to watch the weekend services online. Viewers can connect during our Saturday night service at 6 p.m. or on Sunday morning at 9 or 11 a.m. on either of our websites, shepherdchurch.com and liftupjesus.com. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us every weeknight at the same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Oh,